This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. We've been on this series that I've been uh, sharing about him having all the power that we need. And uh, it's, it's centered in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, before we get into speaking specifically about the baptism and the Holy Spirit, I want to share with you just, just by way of a little teaching here that the scriptures reveal that there are three different kinds of baptisms that we enter into in a relationship with God. Uh, the first baptism is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, moving over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse th- 13, the Apostle Paul says, Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So Paul says here, we, no matter what your background, he talks about Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free, whatever, your background, rich, poor, educated, not, doesn't, you know, however we want to put it, uh, racially, you can, whatever your ethnicity is, we have all in Christ been baptized into this body called the body of Christ by one spirit. This is salvation. When you are saved, you are baptized into Christ. That's exactly what this uh, verse is saying. You are baptized into the body of Christ. And the agent of this baptism is the Holy Spirit. It happens by the one Spirit. So this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon your life, convicts you, reveals your need of salvation, and you are brought into the family of God. He comes to take up residence within you. Now, after a person receives this baptism of salvation... God wants you to enter into another baptism. The second baptism is called water baptism. Water baptism is referred to in multiple places in the scripture. Jesus said it in Matthew 28, 19. He said to his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So water baptism symbolizes the process of salvation. From death to burial to life again, to new life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So that's the reality that all of us face and we understand about ourselves. In our BC life, our before Christ life, we were dead in our sins. When we come to recognition of that, we die willingly to that old life and we symbolize that through the waters of baptism. Paul goes on and says in verses 4 through 6, But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So the picture of water baptism is that the believer who is getting baptized is dying to self. Water baptism is a testimony. It is not a saving agent. 
but it is a testimony of salvation that has already come into your life. When you are baptized in water, you are declaring that you understand your old life is dead and gone, and now you're being buried. That's why we put you under the water, but we don't leave you under the water. Hallelujah. Unless there, we perceive from the Spirit there's a need to do that. In which case, we may leave you under there a little longer than, well, I digress. Okay, but we bring you back out of the water, which, of course, symbolizes that you are being raised to new life. This is water baptism. Thirdly, the third kind of baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, you notice before I said the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's not water baptism. It's a spiritual baptism. And a lot of Pentecostals get this messed up, mixed up. We think of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the same thing. In fact, I was raised to believe that. But that is not true. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a spiritual baptism of empowerment that comes into the lives of people, God's people, who seek for this baptism. And it's this baptism that I want to talk with you about today, this baptism in the Holy Spirit. The very first occurrence of this baptism is given in Scripture in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, day of Pentecost was a Jewish holiday, they were all together, speaking of the disciples, the 120 of them were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. I should tell you the scripture tells that they were seeking God because Jesus had told them to do that. So the Spirit comes from heaven, fills the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. But this particular event was prophesied both in the Old Testament and even just a few years before it actually happened. If there was anyone other than Jesus in the scriptures who could speak with authority on the subject of baptism, it would be the man whose name is associated with baptism or baptiz baptizing, and that would be John the Baptist. Yeah, he ought to know about baptism. And this is what he said, Matthew 3:11. I baptize with water. That's water baptism. Those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Wow, I want that fire to fall upon my life. Now, John is talking here about Jesus as one who will not only bring salvation to your life, but will also make available to you what was promised by Old Testament prophets, a baptism with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's interesting in the scriptures that when, when a similar event 
or a similar teaching is mentioned over and over again, we understand that God is, is solidifying that firmly into the hearts of his people, that it wasn't just a one-time event, but it is something that God intends as a principle for his church. When you go into the other gospels, do they speak of this event? All four gospels, I've already shared with you from Matthew, all four of them speak of this event. Mark 1.8, I baptize you with water, but he, speaking of Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Luke's account is very similar to the wording of Matthew's account. John wrote, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. A couple of words in that scripture, I just want to point out to you real quickly. You see these words, descend and rest. They're significant because now God's doing something different. In the Old Testament, you'll see many instances where the Holy Spirit descended on individual individuals, but he did not remain with them. He did not stay with them in the same way that event required a special unction or anointing of the Spirit for them to fulfill what God wanted them to do. But after the event was over, the Spirit departed from them in the same way he had descended. So the Spirit would descend, but it didn't rest or remain with them. But on Jesus, something new is happening. The Spirit is coming and the Spirit is staying. He's not going to leave. And from that moment on, because of this work of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is cleansing our hearts through his blood, the Holy Spirit now comes, descends upon God's people, but he remains, he stays, he rests with God's people from that moment on. Now, in the first two messages that I shared with you over the last couple of weeks, I talked with you first of all about getting to know who the Holy Spirit was, who the Holy Spirit is. We sang about him. I believe in the I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, I believe in God the Spirit, three in one. All right, we talked about the Trinity and how God the Spirit is part of the Godhead. Last week, I talked with you about hungering to go deeper uh, in the Holy Spirit, to recognize that there's, God's got more in store for you. And this baptism in the Holy Spirit is the first token, it's the first installment, it's the first portion, if you will, of hungering for a deeper work. It's not the end of it. It's the first uh, portion of what God wants to bring into your life. Now, all, over the years, I have learned from the scripture what the baptism in the Holy Spirit will do in the life of a believer who is filled with the Spirit in this, in this way. And so today I want to share with you five blessings that the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will bring into your life. Number one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit will sensitize you to the supernatural movings of God. You will become more sensitive to the supernatural movings of God. Have you ever thought to yourself, I wish I could sense 
how God wants to move. I wish I could sense uh, when God wants me to share my faith with someone, or I wish I could sense, it, is this the moment for me to pray over, to offer prayer over someone? The baptism in the Holy Spirit will sensitize you to what you are to do and when you are to do it. Does that make sense? I kind of think of the Apostle Peter. You talk about a guy who didn't always get what God wanted him to do. He oftentimes made major mistakes. But after he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, things changed in Peter's life. The first instance of that, well, I would say not, not necessarily the first, the first instance of it was after this marvelous baptism in Acts 2 that we already read about, he took occasion because all these people were gathering around to see what was happening to begin to preach and over 3,000 people came to Christ that day. That's being sensitive to when God wants you to do something. Another instance was in Acts chapter 3. He's going with, it, with, a, with John to the temple to pray, and the Bible tells us what happens. Verses 3 through 8. When the beggar saw Peter, because I failed to say that they passed by a beggar who was at the gate of the temple. So when the beggar saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver and I don't have any gold. You can kind of feel the countenance of the beggar just go down right there. Oh, yeah, okay. What are you going to give me? I'll give you what I have. I don't have any money, but what I have is better. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now as a whole man, he was able to go into the temple. This happened because Peter and John were effectively being used by the Holy Spirit because they were sensitive to what the Spirit wanted to do in and through their lives. And this kind of thing, as you read the book of Acts, happens over and over and over and over again, not just in the apostles, but in the New Testament, newly Spirit-filled, baptized believers of the church. They began to share uh, effectively the presence and the supernatural movings of God with other people. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift from God whereby our hearts become tuned in to what God wants to do through us. Through the baptism in the Spirit, you'll become aware of God's Spirit moving in situations that you had previously been unaware of. You'll, be a, you'll become more aggressively aware of the Spirit's voice speaking to you that you had previously been unaware of. And God will start using you as never before to touch people's lives because that's the reason he gives it to us. It's to use us for his glory. Number two, the baptism in the Holy Spirit will empower you. How many of you need more power? I need more power. That's what Jesus promised. Just before he went back to heaven, he told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the result of this empowering was an overcoming life. They were, they were 
they were failures spiritually before that. They were constantly unaware, constantly confused about what Jesus was saying. They were following Jesus, but they didn't have a clue. I read the scriptures just this morning, the account of where Jesus tells them he's going to Jerusalem to be betrayed, to be whipped by the Romans, to be killed, and he's going to rise on the third day. And, and the very next verse says they didn't get it. How can you not? It's pretty plain. How can you not get what Jesus just said? It's because their eyes were not enlightened. They were constantly failing to understand, failing to walk in power. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 8 verse 2, because you belong to Jesus, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Did you notice that it's the spirit within the, us that frees us from anything, whatever the enemy uses us as bondage or as strongholds or as sins to the past? So whatever the enemy has tried to keep you bound by, the Holy Spirit will give you power over. If you need to overcome an addiction, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do that. If you need to overcome an anger problem, the power of the Spirit will give you the ability to do that. If you need confidence to witness for Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do it. If you need to be able to stand strong in the face of persecution, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do it. That's why Paul could go on and say later in, in Romans 8 verse 37 all these things in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us overcoming power becomes ours through the power of the spirit number three the baptism in the Holy Spirit gives you a soul satisfaction I learned years ago that we need more than just a mental acceptance of Christ as Savior. We need a soul satisfaction way down deep inside. You know what I'm talking about? Something that satisfies. I have noticed through the years that there are people who get a soul satisfaction deep inside and people who never move past their mind. And the ones who never move past their mind, never, many of them don't, don't stay strong with the Lord. We need a soul satisfaction deep down inside. I have known believers who have always struggled with the assurance of their salvation. Maybe that is you. And I know that salvation is not a feeling. I know that salvation is uh, by faith. We, we have faith that if we confess our sins, that he will forgive our sins and, and that we will be in right right relationship with God, whether we feel it or whether we don't, we have faith for that. But for there to be full confidence in salvation, it needs to go from your mind. It needs to go deep inside of you. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. The greatest of all torments is doubt. Doubt is like being whipped with a lash. It stings the soul. It cuts the heart. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit gets the doubt out. Hallelujah. It gives an assurance to your life because it opens the door to intimacy with the Spirit. Romans 8, 16 says, His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit gives you a soul assurance that you are saved and you are right with God. Number four, the baptism in the Holy Spirit gives you a new spiritual authority in two areas. First of all, in prayer, Romans 8, 26 and 27. Paul says the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. And have you ever been there? 
came up against something you just didn't know what the right answer was. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So verse 26 says, when you don't know how to pray as you should, when the answer's not clear, the Holy Spirit will begin to pray through you in a spiritual language too deep for earthly words. I want you to know I pray that way all the time. It's my heavenly prayer language. It's called praying in tongues. And then verse 27 tells us that when we pray in tongues, this spiritual language when we pray in it we pray the will of God over the situation even though you may not know exactly what you're saying because you're not speaking in your known language but you're praying in the in the language of the spirit but you have this confidence that when you walk away you have this assurance God has heard you God's will is going to be fulfilled and God is working the second area it gives you authority in is in witnessing Again, going back to Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. The baptism in the Holy Spirit will prompt you to speak for Jesus with the right words, and they will reach the soul of the individual who is listening because they are the right words at the right time. The truth is, there is a right time to share, there is a right time to pray for others. There's a time to sow, there's a time to reap. A time that their hearts will be open to receive. And God knows the heart of the person and they know exactly what needs to be said to them at exactly the right time. When you share in the power of the Spirit with someone, it cuts to their heart. God uses it because he knows their heart is open. He'll prompt you to share with them. He'll prompt you to pray for them. And from it will come an openness to Christ and to spiritual truth because the authority of the Holy Spirit is, is moving through you to touch their hearts. You're not, you're not just talking facts. You're talking facts under the anointing of God. The baptism in the Holy Spirit will make your witness more powerful and effective than you've ever had before. Number five, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a doorway into a new life in the Spirit. With, with the baptism of the Spirit, you will receive a spiritual prayer language that ex expresses your heart and reaches the heart of God in a new way. With it will come an awareness of the gifts of the Spirit as you've never had before. With it will come a greater expression of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You know, I have seen this because I've grown up in a Pentecostal church. A lot of Pentecostal believers have made the mistake of thinking that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a goal. If I can just get there, if I can just receive it, I'll be like all the rest of them at church. And it becomes a goal to achieve. I want you to know the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a goal. It's a doorway. When you receive this, you walk into a whole new life in the Spirit. It begins to open up a whole new life in the Spirit. There is a growth track to it. It's not a goal that once achieved, that's as far as it goes. When, when you receive it, it opens up a whole new, your, your vision, your, what you begin to see becomes greater than you have ever known before. God begins to work in and through you in ways that you have not known in your life. Now, now I know as I bring this to a close today that for some of you, this is brand new teaching. 
It reminds me of the story in the book of Acts where the Apostle Paul went to the city of Ephesus and he, he met with the believers there and he asked them this question, Acts 19.2, when you put your faith in Jesus, were you given the Holy Spirit? No, they answered, we have never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And I would imagine there are some of you who've heard about Jesus, but this, this is like brand new stuff for you. Well, you know, when Paul heard that they didn't even know about the Holy Spirit, he didn't just say, ah, that's too bad. Well, enjoy what you've got. Verse number six says that then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they began to prophesy. Wow, they, they really had a full dose. Tonight at six o'clock, we are going to focus on praying for people who are hungry for more of God's power in their life. They want to experience more of God's power in their life. And, and we're going to pray for you. That's going to be the focus. I mean, we'll pray for your, your physical needs too. We'll pray for healing in your body. But the focus of tonight is going to be for the Holy Spirit to come upon your life and to, 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 to make up what's lacking, to fill you with a new confidence in the Lord, a new, a new strength of character in the Spirit. And, and I'm believing for that. But I want to ask you this morning, are you hungry for God to fill you? If you're not, you're on the verge of becoming religious. If you're not hungry for more of God, you're on the verge of becoming just a religious Christian. And religious Christians just don't go to some of those churches out there. Religious Christians can go to this church. Now, I'm not saying you don't love God, but I'm saying that you need to always hunger for more of God in your life. Because he's infinite, you never get all of him. He's always got more to pour into your spirit. I believe that. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.